Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the new name of the B.C. Liberal Party. Liberal, well, can't, can't say that name ever again. Oh, that's right. That's done and dusted gone. now. It's gone. Gone. It's gone. I guess it still does technically exist. It does. In, on paper somewhere. Well, it, it doesn't disappear yeah. uh, from elections of BC's purposes because right. so no one can use the BC Liberal name for I think ten years now. Oh, is that the way it's, it works? It's okay. Ten, once it's been used, it have to wait ten more years. So, so you mean in ten years from now, someone could revive the BC Liberal Party? If I understand the elections of BC rules correctly, yes, it would be a, a oh. decade it has to go. That's why um, the Liberals, for example, or the BC United, weren't able to use the BC Party or yeah. BC First. Because these names had been registered over time, over the last 10 years, and so they're out of place. So BC United okay. it is? BC United. And last night we had the big reveal of the logo. And What did yeah. you, you think of the logo? Uh, I don't know. Sort of a soft, it's kind of a Miami Vice type thing. Teal <laughs> and, and they say it's coral. <clears throat> it's really, I think, teal and pink. Teal and pink color and, and, scheme, so it's these sort of sort of soft colors. Soft colors. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Falcon, we uh, Richard Sussman interviewed him a couple of days ago, uh, expressing real enthusiasm for the colors because they're neither conservative nor liberal. They're not liberal red, not right. conservative blue. Yeah, sort of amalgamation of the two, which he says reflects uh, what that this party's supposed to be about. Right, and he hit some of, on those some of those themes last night in a keynote speech that he delivered. He talked about this is going to be a big tent party. They want lots of inclusiveness in, into the well, process they're trying to do. They're not trying to sort of portray themselves as a, as kind of a like a conservative party. No. We were talking yesterday. Could it be like a blue logo? It looks conservative. No, and it's um, it's it's interesting. I, I think what was also interesting last night was there was a video played before Falcon's speech, and I played some of that on the news hour last night. And it's a video that's about just several minutes long about young people and mostly young women and ethnically diverse South Asians talking about this new party, which I think is a, and I've talked to Falcon about about this before. He acknowledges the need to break away from that old um, liberal image, which was basically male oriented, um, not ethnically diverse and old. And so this video was deliberate, and, you know, um, it was interesting. It was young people, seemed to be in their young 20s, most, I think, five or six young people, four of them were women, I believe, or three or four of them were young women of South Asian, a number of them of South Asian, uh, which, again, reflects their, I think Falcon realizes they've got to become more diverse and more um, reflective of where the community's at that they're trying to woo for support, because... The 2017 election really was a a real eye-opener, I think, where the NDP suddenly comes in with a younger caucus, uh, gender-neutral and ethnically diverse, whereas the Liberals were not uh, exactly the opposite. And Falcon, I think, uh, realizes that's that's the the path to power. Okay, let's listen to a little bit of his his speech last night, which was basically an NDP bash-a-thon. So he was basically going after the government for overspending, high taxes. He talked a lot about crime, mayhem. We've talked a lot about that on the show today with this teenager getting stabbed on a bus mm-hmm. in Surrey. We've seen the mayhem going on in Nanaimo and other, and other cities. He really hit a lot on that last night and also talked about the drug overdose epidemic as well. Let's have a listen to Falcon here last night. We will ensure your right to public safety comes before the right of violent offenders to criminally reoffend. 
We will never accept, as the NDP do, that lawlessness and violence are the new normal. It isn't and it won't be under the BC United. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. He, he talks about uh, overspending and too high taxes. Those are traditional conservative talking points. Sure. Um, so no, no surprise there. What's different than what we've seen before for years is this street crime issue. Yeah. That is a new issue. That wasn't there in previous election campaigns. I don't recall crime ever being a top-of-mind issue in election campaigns, and I've covered a lot of them. This is now an issue with uh, a lot of members of the public where we just haven't seen this type of violence before and these repeat offenders constantly being released. I mean, this is what happened on that bus in Surrey is just so tragic. But when's the last time you can recall something like that happening where someone actually dying on a bus because of, um, um, again, random street violence? So this is an issue the Liberals are going to, not Liberals, the BC United, we're going to have to get used to saying that. The United Party is going to pick up on. I think. I think they're going to. Pr- they've been pressing that in the legislature. This uh, starting the last fall session, continuing the spring session. That'll continue to be their. I think their arguably number one priority. But you know, cutting taxes, cutting spending. Not sure that plays as well to getting the the middle of the road voter. Uh, but the crime issue can work for the. We seem to be at like a tipping point on the crime stuff because we've had so many high profile and shocking incidents. Like you got this 17 year old stabbed on a bus this week. You had that, that you had the dad who was stabbed to death outside of Starbucks. Yeah. Just a few weeks the, ago. The terrorism after, incident. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, a guy asked a guy asked a, a guy on a Starbucks patio, don't vape yeah, near, and he gets near me. And he gets stabbed to death as, as a result. Then we've got the situation in Nanaimo where citizens there are just rising up. They're just sick of the mayhem and the crime that's going on. There's a large encampment there. We speculated yesterday before David Eby's announcement and Mike Farnworth that what would the community presence be at that event? And sure enough, uh, the community showed up and uh, let the ministers there have it. Yeah, let's listen to a little bit of that. So this was um, David Eby, the premier, Mike Farnworth, the solicitor general, other provincial officials in Nanaimo yesterday announcing new measures, actually re-announcing to some degree, on chronic violent repeat offenders. And this was an amazing moment right here. So this is Clint Smith. So this is the guy who owns the auto repair shop in Nanaimo, who had his place broken into, a bunch of his tools stolen, and he went down to an encampment there to try and get his stuff back, and he ended up being shot. Mm -hmm. And he, he showed up yesterday. You know, thankfully, he survived. He's out of hospital now. He showed up yesterday. His stomach all still bandaged up from this shooting. I, a few times I saw him. He was sitting on the ground, mm-hmm. I guess, because he's still uncomfortable as he recovers from this injury. And listen to him here. He, get, he gets right into the face of Mike Farnworth here, the Solicitor General. Have a listen. None of you guys, after I got shot, made a single effort to communicate with me. Do something about it. That's what we're trying to do. A whole lot less lip service and a whole lot more action that's, is required, Mike. Your thoughts? Well, it's a huge issue. Now, Nanaimo's a very safe NDP. I mean, historically, you know, the NDP owns that town. But you have to wonder, you got Leonard Croak, the mayor there, former NDP MLA, has called the government out on this, saying not enough is being done. So David Eby announced yesterday these 12 hubs, 12 cities, would get these these teams of prosecutors, police, and probation officers to deal with violent and chronic offenders yeah. who are constantly being released. We'll see how that works. We're, we've been asking for stats for some time over what exactly is happening, and so far we've not received any 
from the Attorney General's uh, ministry, they say it's a little too early in, in the game to provide stats, to provide some context to the, what's happening. But it's going to be interesting as we track this over time, whether these new this new approach, these 12 hubs, which is, you know, Vancouver, Surrey, Victoria, Nanaimo, Kamloops, Kelowna, Prince George, Cranbrook, I'm missing a couple, but they're all going to have these new teams um, designed to prevent people from violent offenders from being released all the time. Right, and the idea is to have better communication, better coordination among Crown, police, you know, the justice system, to yep. make sure all the information is on and everyone's on the same page to try and keep, presumably, like keep some of these violent repeat offenders behind bars yes. instead of letting them out. Exactly, oh. but you're up against judges yeah. who say they're following yeah. uh, Supreme Court of Canada rulings. Yeah. Uh, and again, the federal government plays a role in this as well. So it's it's going to be interesting to track the progress of this through the next few months. You speculated yesterday, just as we were getting ready for this event in Nanaimo, whether citizens would show up there and make mm-hmm. their voices heard. And they did. They, they did. showed up and they were protesting outside this event. Like people in the city are, are fed up. So let's have a listen to that. So you're going to Premier David Eby here. You can hear some heckling going yep. on in the background while he's speaking. And then some citizens here speaking up, one of them directly confronting Eby here. Let's listen. We're not going to solve these problems overnight, but we are going to show progress for British Columbians, the direction that we're going. I don't feel safe. It's the first time I've, you know, I carry a knife now. Revolving door criminal justice has failed the citizens of Nanaimo. It's failing the citizens of British Columbia. That last voice there was a guy directly confronting EB there and telling him your policies are failing. The fact that an NDP premier gets heckled in a place like Nanaimo Mm. tells you that the NDP's got a bit of a problem here. I mean, Nanaimo and New Westminster and Vancouver, the east side of Vancouver, those are the strongest NDP historical centers in the entire province. Yeah. And for Evie to get a reception like that, as we speculated yesterday, not surprised that he did, but there's obviously some genuine anger and concern in that community. All right, Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. George in Nanaimo. Hi, George, go ahead. Hi, guys. Still Hi, waiting for my own segment. Anyways, regarding Nanaimo, the reason why we're so angry here is that these guys just don't seem to get what's happening. We're sick of these people being portrayed as poor folks down on their luck or poor mentally ill folk. That's not what's happening here. This is an organized group of people three less than three blocks away from where that press conference was being held at the courthouse is the headquarter encampment at the banks of the Millstone River. They've dug into the hillside. There's a large group of people there. It's covered in tarps. There's weapons. There's drugs. Uh, they could have literally gone two blocks over and started doing, actually doing something, but they, they know what's there. The police know it's there. Everybody in town knows it there. This, these people are causing us more grief than the Hell's Angels ever did. It's, it's not just a random stuff that's happening. They communicate with each other. They talk to each other on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's, we've been invaded. This is an invasion. We mm. feel like we've been invaded by a rampaging horde. Right. This is why everybody's mad. We don't see them doing anything about it. Well, I mean, the people who are supposed to do something about it is the RCMP. Uh, and what's different than Vancouver? So Vancouver, you got a city council and the Vancouver police force who are aligned. I mean, you've got the, the mayor is the chair of the police board there. This is a joint operation, it seems, of clearing that, that encampment on Hastings Street. Uh, and there was political guidance there. 
I'm not sure Leonard Krogh, the mayor, has the power to direct the RCMP to clear this uh, encampment. But you have to wonder why the RCMP isn't moving in there. Maybe you have the answers, George. I'm not sure if well, that question has been put to the RCMP. The other thing that you put your finger on before the break was the missing part here, the judges. Because, you know, you can you can have David Eby set up all the hubs yeah. that, that you want. But if you've got a, a judge who is saying, I'm going to let the, I'm giving this guy bail. Yeah. I don't care how many hubs you set up. I'm letting the guy out. You know, you need the feds doing something about that. Are they changing the criminal code or something? Mm-hmm. And change, yes. And and the Supreme Court of Canada owns a lot of this as well with some of their rulings, which yes. are very soft on bail release. Yeah. There is a disproportionate high number of Indigenous people who are captured by this. And right. And the, you know, admirable goal was to reduce that number of people. But I think the unintended consequence here is to allow um non-Indigenous, chronic, violent offenders to be able to get given a release. But again, back to the Nanaimo encampment, um, the RCMP haven't explained why they haven't moved in there. Well, well, I mean, we've seen police action in other cities, right? We saw it in Vancouver. We saw it in Victoria. Municipal police police force. The RCMP seem to be more reluctant than municipal police forces to do something. Let's go to Daniel in Victoria. Hi, Daniel. Go ahead. Hi, guys. I think you were reading my mind there. The, the reason I called in was to kind of bring into the federal piece on this. i I, I got to give some credit to EB and Farnworth for going in there and chasing the music. And, you know, I, I'd be frustrated by those people living in a Nanaimo, too. Honestly, I think it's, it's real hard for them. And sometimes politicians have to stand up to that and, you know, take take it on the chin. But, yeah. I, but I think, I'm, you know, you guys are actually doing a really good job of mentioning the fact that there's a federal piece to this that I think is kind of tying Evie's hands a little bit. Um, and I'm hoping that that might be, you know, in Congress mm-hmm. with, uh, with them, they can get something sorted. Thank you. Yeah, so Farnworth and Nikki Sharma and other provincial counterparts who did go to Ottawa, other Solicitor General, Attorney Generals last month, and did secure a promise from Ottawa that things were going to change on the on yeah. the bail release bail conditions. Um, but again, we're waiting to see the stats and the progress of this, and we haven't seen it yet. Ron in New West. Hi, Ron. Go ahead. Yeah, hello, Mike. Uh, it's, um, I feel that uh, one of the things that we can do for our transit is we really need to increase the uniform presence of both the TransLink police and TransLink security. One of the ways that we can do this is to provide maybe an incentive to all of those members to take transit going to work and coming home from work. Give them a half an hour or an hour's extra pay if they take the bus or the SkyTrain. And I feel mm-hmm. having that uniform presence would really make a big difference. Interesting okay. idea. I mean, TransLink is promising to step up security um, measures in the wake of this terrible thing that happened on a bus. Not sure it's realistic to expect you know, armed police presence on every bus. Well, this I mean, not a SkyTrain. This is a bus. The transit system is a huge, sprawling system, and you can't have a cop on every, every bus. Now, Surrey police in Surrey did announce they will have an increased pleasant presence yep. of police patrols at transit hubs, okay? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily being not deployed on, on, on every bus, but you heard the bus drivers union in Surrey saying the same thing. We need more police on the buses. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, uh, safety on buses has been a growing concern, particularly with drivers, but now you see it with passengers, which is quite tragic.